Welcome guys to the Crypto Elixir. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the top crypto narratives that are shaking the scene for 2024. With us, we have a special guest, Calvin Chu from Impossible Finance. He's been investing in this space for more than five years. But more importantly, he's been part of the Binance Labs research team, where he previously researched and found top projects which now have turned into billion-dollar projects and coins. We take a look at the reasoning why these narratives are really popular and dig into kind of where the top coins for these topics are. Enjoy. We're back on Box Mining Plus. My name is Michael, and today we have Calvin. Hello. hello. Nice. First setup. And Calvin, his claim to fame is he worked actually for Binance before. You're now part of Impossible Finance, trying to launch and find new source, new different projects. I think before we get too serious in the discussion, I want to just outline what we're going to talk about today. So we haven't caught up for a while. Yes, it's so been way too long. Been way too long. So I want to find out what you're doing. You've also been investing into a lot of recent projects. Yes. I think XI Games, you yes. sold Nodes. Well, you got, you got um, our commu your community involved in Nodes at like the cheapest price at 300 USD per node. I'm buying your bags now. Um, I am buying them. I'm buying my own bags too. <laughs> so I'm buying them at like, I think it's 1.3, well, 1.08 ETH, uh. which is uh, 2,000 something per node now. Mm -hmm. So you got some good deals. So I want you to just kind of share with our audience like what's really hot so they can get into that as well. So I think this is for you guys here. It's a very impromptu talk as well. It was meant to be a private discussion between me and Kelvin, but we're like, you know what? My camera's here. Let's share with you guys let's share some alpha so so what, what are you looking into recently what, what's kind of the narrative that you you're, you're looking at for sure for sure so i think let's keep the uh, topic on Zai first i think one of the really interesting things with Zai is that Zai. uh xai well, xai okay okay i don't know i'll put it as xai okay okay well, on topic maybe it's okay, better seo to say uh, each on topic first <laughs> uh, uh, Zai. okay so how many yeah. nodes are you running uh so i think as a team uh we were lucky enough to have a lot of our teammates all run nodes uh as michael said we have been trying to educate people on being a part of a lot mm. of the networks that we see uh, back at Binance, I was the one that helped build up the Binance staking product. Mm -hmm. So I used to run nodes for Binance. So for better ah. Hey, Gareth. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Gareth is part of this too. So welcome. Why don't you sit down? Why don't you come to the screen? Uh, is this going to be uh, a one-shot take? Or? Yeah, one-shot take. Oh, I'm not going to edit it. So it's okay. Just come in. Just come in. We're, we're, we're friendly. We're friendly here. It doesn't really matter. I don't, no more, far more content. So that's the thing with Box Mining Plus. It's like we, we, we just did a mukbang episode where we just literally <laughs> ate lunch. And we, we discussed with everyone. So, um, Gareth, you're part of the team as well. Did you buy any XI notes? XI, XI notes? I did, I did, I did. Or oh, come in, come in. You're not in here. You're not in here. <laughs> so, Gareth did not, probably did not expect to be on stream. You, no, have, to, you, have, to, you, have, to, you have to come in. Come closer, right? Come closer, right? Right, let's get cozy up, cozy up. Yeah, so these are very impromptu interviews. And I thought this kind of, this style works really well right now because, like, people want authentic stuff. Yeah. There's too much stuff that's scripted and yeah. too much stuff that's. I find Design. it boring. Yeah. Like I personally, and I think because I personally find it boring, other people find it boring too. I think you're right. Know, maybe. Okay. So side notes. Oh, what is your quick summary? Okay. Now, now, now that you're here, uh, quick summary. What is side? I think Calvin's the best one to. No, you're, uh, you're bad. He's bad. He's bad. <laughs> He's gonna judge you. He's gonna judge you if it's good or not. But you have to describe what it is. I mean, Zion Network itself, it's a layer three on arbitrum focus on the gaming mm -hmm. industry. I think at Impossible, we really like gaming because... What, what value does it bring? What value does it bring? Yeah. <laughs> the node itself or the... The project itself. The project itself. I think 
Hmm. I think with the new layer three on on Arbitrum, um, making it faster, making it or being able to uh, build triple uh, triple A games faster, cheaper, faster, cheaper, faster, cheaper, making it better for uh, game producers. Um, Why is it better for game producers? Otherwise, the players have to play. You're bad, you're bad, you're bad. He's, you're a, bad. he's, you're he's, bad. he's, he's bad. a team member, he's a team member. So I, you I, I'm more of the ups guy, behind the scenes. Okay, yeah, but still, you bought a side note. You should know, you should, you should rehearse this. We're you gotta rehearse, rehearse this in front of the <laughs> So, okay, so really down to earth, it's just faster. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, faster and cheaper. Yeah. But do we still have to pay gas? Uh, right now, yes, we do. We, yeah. yeah, so just no, like, there's no like free gas for players. Inside side, I think there is, but for us running nodes, we're paying gas because as an L3, you're writing uh, transactions back to L2 mm -hmm. uh, on Arbitrum. So when we're running nodes, we're paying gas yeah. on Arbitrum itself. Right, right. But right. there are some programs to reduce the gas costs for the right. users or pay the gas on users' behalf. Right. So this is some part of the big tokenomics, which will be linked somewhere below, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess at the end of the day, um, uh, it's just like I, I'll make it like plain English because I, I we're gonna ban all buzzwords. formal buzzwords buzzwords formal English uh, we're gonna ban that all on the channel but I guess at the end of the day it's like gamers you don't need like industrial grade security right so layer one's like for a billion dollar transactions right layer two's for a million dollar transactions mm -hmm. layer three's for your like twenty dollar bucket of chips sort of transactions that's what sure, we're sure. looking at right maybe does that does that sound good to you yeah. That sounds good. I like that. I, I love your content because you just explain it clearly for the everyday user. That's what and we're trying to do. We're trying to do that. Education is super key. Yeah. How many nodes do you have? I only have four. Just you only have four. How much did you buy it at? I bought it at under 10 mil valuation. So Whoa. that was the second tier or something? Second like tier. Yeah. So that's probably $600 per node or yeah. less. Something like something that. Like that. Damn. Damn. All right, so you can share some alpha. So let's let's wrap up Zai very quickly because I think sure, it's sure. quite it's quite expensive now. If you guys still want to do it, a video coming up on Zai Node. Um, how to do it. How, how, to it. how to set up because there's still a limited supply, but the cost just keeps increasing. So yeah. um, recently got listed on Binance. I think you know we, we bring a big B here. You're, you're you're shilling kind of your Binance experience before. Is that is that your main sell now? You gotta keep bringing that up. No, no, no. Binance. <laughs> when I worked for Binance back in the day. When I was CZ's puppy. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe less than puppy. <laughs> maybe less than puppy. <laughs> but, but I think... Uh, Did you have to serve him coffee? Uh, no, sadly. Sadly, uh, no. I think that could have been a, a good, uh, better job in bear market. <laughs> <laughs> Serving CZ coffee. So. Uh, but I think in terms of, um, to wrap up Sai, I think the reason why we really do believe in gaming chains is that right now, still a lot of the games, when we ask ourselves, like, do some of these games need to have crypto as a mm. element to the game? I think right now, a lot of the approaches have been just like, let's slap a token on it or let's do play to earn. Mm. Of course, that's not super sustainable as we, what we've seen over the last few years when teams just say out of the box, I'm gonna force things to have tokens. Mm. I do think that just like you see in the real world with, um, you know, marketplaces like a Steam or a Google Play mm -hmm. or App Store, to have an economic ecosystem where people stay to do all of these things all in one go, uh, inside that one ecosystem, that's actually really helpful for the user to be able to say, if I stay in this ecosystem and I can play multiple games, mm -hmm. that's easier for me, for me to convince me to keep value in this ecosystem. So as we see with 
teams like Axis Rodent Chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also working on being. We well, I guess it's already been announced. We are the official launchpad. Oh really? Uh, for the Ronin oh nice, Ronin time! So you can see where, as a thesis, we do believe that chains are one of the useful ways to unite games, and that the team. But players hate blockchain, right? Square Enix uh, announces it like, "Yo, we got we're doing blockchain," and I was like, "Boom!" How do you think people will change that perspective? Like, what do you think will make people change? Because I mean, you guys are investing heavily, I yes. guess, uh, right now in games. What do you think will change people's perspectives? I think part of the reason why gamers right now don't have the best trust into blockchains is because in the first place, gaming studios and other gaming uh, economies force people to buy a bunch of shit that they can infinitely mint. I just recently paid for the newest version of FIFA, which, sorry, it's now EAFC. EAFC, okay. And, uh, you know, every year it's like effectively the same mechanics. Right. Okay. Okay. Here's my issue. Here's my issue, and I think this is why crypto gaming is going to be still held back. But we're going to try, and we see a lot of failures. Right. Because you actually have a lot of gaming experience pre-crypto. Pre-crypto, right? So I designed monetization for uh, pay-to-win games, right? Mm Free-to-play, pay-to-win games, same thing, right? Yes. And you're really trying to just milk as much money as possible Mm -hmm. from people who are playing. So you have like your average uh, revenue, like ARPU. Average, yes. average revenue, revenue user, per user. user, and then um, you want to convert those into paying users, and you want to pay convert these paying users into whales, right? Yes. Uh, and infinite mint is very common, right? Yes. It's 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 pretty much bread and butter. You don't want to have um, partial like you don't want to cap your income yes. per user, and also um, I think the other issue here is that that I, um, so one issue is that game developers prefer uh, from a development perspective, um, developers prefer infinite mint. They also prefer that these items fall out of favor after one or two months. There needs to be a meta to change the, yes. the flavor of it. Yes, because we need to milk it again, right? If you are keep playing, if you keep playing, I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but there will be abusive monetization practices to try to just milk the living shit out of you, right? Yeah, actually, recently in China, they've uh, banned like some of these types yeah. of like uh, monetization. addicting monetization yes. loops. Yes. So, so, so I feel like the, the dynamics of Blockchain is directly against that of traditional game development. That's why there needs to be a mind change, mm. right? But anyways, that's that's too far. That's too much discussion. I think. <laughs> uh, I I, st- I think like I feel like there's the gaming narrative is coming, but I feel like it'll be like five six years before we finally find it, like the, the killer app. Yes. Right. So so the piece that I think is really interesting, specifically for the thesis of gaming chains and, mm-hmm. and whether that's I Ronin, mm-hmm. uh, Merit Circle, one of our other portfolio projects, is now uh, launched Beam as a as a chain as well. Uh, you've got Immutable in the top thirty five of mm-hmm. market caps as well. Part of the story I think that matters with regards to games is uh, regards to chains is that chains need to have a thesis to keep users. Mm. You're not going to go to just a chain if it has no selling points. It has to have some selling point. And at least for better or for worse, right now, games is something that people understand that mm. are a type of business. Whether or not it has the mm. sustainable mm. economics to keep people mm. to be enthused as players in this ecosystem, right. that's a different challenge. Right. So, so it has to be, has to be very clear from the get-go. So it's like, what is your brand associated with? Right? So it's like, is it, if it's size games, if it's injective, it's like real life. Yes, protocols. it needs to be have a surface area of a thesis. 
Right. Otherwise, and the people just make memes anyways. Correct. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how crypto they, works. But the users feel like right. there's a go-to. Right. These I memes think, are part of the finance ecosystem. Correct, oh, they, yes. they use it as a go-to, uh, right? If the community can buy into say that this is the chain for X, mm-hmm. I think this year we'll see a lot of the chain for X type of play. Mm-hmm. And so the gaming sense. part is just one part of what we see, of course. I think it's the mm-hmm. easier one to go to market. It already has the stats because when we measure how good is the chain, we measure it by a lot of the same stats that require usage, right? Mm-hmm. It needs to have more validators. It has to have, for decentralization, right? It needs to have more transactions or throughput, right? Right now, these days, to be honest, like people aren't moving their funds all the time in like a lending protocol or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. So they just don't drive the same number of stats of how many transactions happen, right? Mm-hmm. So you might have the best technology uh, out there, right? But if you don't have any consumer-facing apps that are actually driving this transaction volume, your stats as a chain don't look that good. Mm. So at least in the short to medium term, what we do see is that a lot of these gaming chains, we're very confident that their stats will show that these chains actually have real users. Mm. People want to go wherever there's other people. This yes. is the, the yes. magic of memes, right? Yes. You don't want to be stuck in a dead town, if you will. Yeah. And, so and that's like, I, I guess that's why Ethereum is so popular because there's so many Ethereum whales there, right? So if you capture like 10, yes. you're in good, you're good, you're in good, you're in good shape, yes. right? I mean, that was kind of the philosophy behind the BAYC. I right? actually think the, the Bitcoin stuff that's happening yes. as well is a very similar yes. concept because yeah. you have this magic of there's large whales out there, of yeah. course. But yeah. now the regular guy is also trying to compete and be a part yeah. of this ecosystem. Exactly. That's You're where Nordos really work, right? Exactly. Because, because there's a huge untapped audience of Bitcoin whales, right? They probably bought their Bitcoin at $10, $10 per Bitcoin. So they're ready to throw one or two Correct. Bitcoin um, into these uh, NFTs or whatever. But anyone can participate. Because anyone anyone yes. can make a transaction on Bitcoin. Yes. So yes. to me, I think when we like zoom out, right? Mm-hmm. When we look at things like ordinals as a trend, I think the most valuable thing we can build is infrastructure to give communities access. Mm-hmm. Because Bitcoin, to be honest, is a closed circle for yes. a lot of the new players. What, what do you think there. of like layer two on Bitcoin? Yeah, so this is one of the types what, what, of things. What's that? I'm going to head out. Oh, wait, wait, you forgot. I just wanted to say hi. Hi, 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 hi. I'll, I'll see <laughs> you around for sure. All right, cool. Wait, um, we're going to have to do another part, part two. Can we do hat review? Can we do hat review? What's behind the hat? You know, I want to see your hair. I want to see your awesome hair. Oh, no, no, it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a hair reveal. Uh, I'm long, I'm long. Crypto. You're long crypto. Okay, all right. Long let me hair, guys. Cut long hair. All right, cool. That's fun. Uh, Gareth this needs to go back to work. Uh, let's go back. Let's let's put you in the center frame so you don't get cut off oh, here. Sure. All right. Um, that's <laughs> more, that's... more centralization. More Not centralization. <laughs> it's great. Uh, more centralized means um, but, uh, more pump, right? <laughs> Uh, but you're saying uh, about the Bitcoin kind of narrative, right? And and layer twos for for us, ultimately, uh, in every neighborhood, I want crypto to be like a McDonald's. Like mm-hmm. I want it to be everywhere. And in that sense, the Bitcoin come come closer. Stuff. So if we're sim- similar distance away <laughs> from the mic, sorry, sorry, I'm not so specific, but I'm trying to make this very good. So so yeah, go on, go on, go on, go on. In terms of um, making sure that. Uh, ecosystems in crypto are accessible, I think that's super powerful. Mm. Uh, what I'm actually curious, Michael, when was the last time you transferred any on-chain transaction on Bitcoin? Like, did you pay any friends in Bitcoin at any point in time over the last like, no, three, absolutely four years? Not. No. <laughs> but like, even on ETH, like, at least like, we paid people back in stablecoin or something, even though the yeah. gas fees are higher, like, we've actually used it for the payment use case. That's actually correct, because back in the day, I would pay USDT on Bitcoin. Yeah, like Omni Network. Right, Omni, right. right. 
Um, but Bitcoin, I haven't really paid any friends or whatnot because I feel like um, when I get friends involved now, I pay them on Solana uh, or on Injective or whatnot yes. because it's so cheap for them so to, to interact. Me, right? That's the fundamental building block of a community because you are helping to vet or prove that some of these more affordable chains is where you want mm. to spend time with your friends. So if you're able to you know, pay back your friend after dinner uh, yes. on one of these chains, yeah. you're reinforcing the habit of yes. using these chains yeah. and that they will keep money on these ecosystems. Mm. So you're looking at behaviors, know. right? You're looking at behaviors. Sure. So, so now that, okay, so now we kind of know your thesis, you're, you're looking at these long-term trends, you're looking at the growth of communities and um, usage. What are you interested in right now? Drop yeah. some alpha. So, so I think uh, going back to the point about like uh, uh, gaming and chains, I do think that games, you can think of them as the most, at, most athletic chain. All of their stats are going to look great now on paper. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, after it looks on paper, how do we prove that they actually perform well, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think some of the things that we're looking at lately are also infrastructure related to gaming, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are still looking at things like the zero knowledge side of things, these account mm. abstraction side of things. I don't think these are particularly unique uh, theses, mm. but I think that people that are comboing them into the ecosystems that they're close with is actually few and far between. There are a lot of people that are doing like infra in their own little camp, and there are a lot of people doing like super user facing stuff in their own little camp. The question is, when can we combine this, right? Because ultimately, you know, I can build a gaming chain, but if nobody, like you said, uh, in some of these existing gaming ecosystems want to come in to use crypto or remember these seed phrases, there's still going to be a lot more hiccups that they run into before the whole chain yeah. thesis. And I, I think, like, I, I think, like, I, I keep hearing this and everyone's discussing games and I feel like, yeah, I'm trying to scream my loudest, like, fix the game design guys first, first yes. and then your tech will come. Your tech is going to come eventually, but I guess... The, I guess I have to turn that bit of my brain off because everyone needs to invest in something right now and gaming just looks attractive AF, right? So yes. so I guess it's like, it's, um, I mean, I think we both agree, like you have to have a good, well-designed game. It's like... Um, if it's not fun, we shouldn't be building economies right. around it. Right, but but um, uh, uh, but we are, right? I mean, that's <laughs> the end of the day, right? We are, and then um, that's why we're going to see cycles. And I think... Um, blockchain people are probably the worst investor in games because they all think they all they all think they know how to play games because like <laughs> they play like three games in life. But like when you're comparing them versus the ten cent investors yes. uh, who know every single spawn point in Call of Duty, you know they memorize everything. They know what the pro players like. They know what the esport players like. You you're not gonna be comparable right because yeah. that investment team is just like top notch versus For sure. like people who just barely touch games. But that being said, yes, you're what you're saying right now is like okay. We have to invest in games, so what? Why don't we tackle infrastructure? Why don't we tackle that? Correct. So, so what's what's good? So, other than Sai, what is good right now? What's what's what? Name some projects. Show me, show me some coins. Sure, sure, sure. Show me some uh, coins. One of the teams that we're an advisor to is Aether. Uh, oh, Aether Games. Games. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, this was the other Aether. There's two Aether. Oh, oh, Aether. Oh, two Aether. You know, you know one that's I, also I, yeah, interesting. Okay, so okay. we owe an intro to okay, both. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Aether Games. So tell, yes. me, tell me about Aether Games. Yeah, so Aether as a network, what they're doing is actually working on helping uh, distribute some of these games as a uh, service mm-hmm. provider to mm-hmm. the games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can think of it to provide things like a decentralized Steam or to allow users to, yeah, yeah. on any device, yeah. even mobile, play high quality games. 
So the question is like, if you're building all these AAA games, but people people don't have devices oh, sorry, to watch. Oh, good. Family, family here. Family, family. Okay, um, that just got COVID, guys. <laughs> but to be able to have uh, you know lower infrastructure limitations for people to play games of mm. good quality, one of the things that A3 that's very well said is to basically give a streaming like experience, but you're the player. So I like to think of it. But as, are they streaming? So are they streaming or are they a no, platform? They're a platform, okay. but the technology that allows you to do it is that they're basically a decentralized, they count under the D-pin strategy or mm-hmm. thesis narrative, whatever you want to call it, because what basically they've done is they have a dis- distribution network or delivery network of these games. So they're running servers for you so that you could connect But I mean, isn't this what like China, that this was a big gold rush in China like 20 years ago where people were trying to provide infrastructure for games, right? And we see like hundreds of these gaming platforms pop yes. up, right? Because um, at that time in China, especially when it comes to web games um, and mobile games, because Google, uh, sorry, Apple's App Store was banned. Yes. So people wanted people, other Google people- Play too. Yeah, Google Play was banned. So people wanted uh, to install these shops as much as possible to have infrastructure but that kind of died out no that's like that's like 10 years ago we're just re-experiencing i think like a new research of oh this is decentralized now i think there are a few things here first is i think the cost of that probably back then is very different Mm -hmm. i think it's similar to what we expect out of netflix nowadays the idea being that we've made it so that when you consume content which from a tech side is like reading a database of watching Mm -hmm. some video you're not editing the contents of the video, but you're mm-hmm. only consuming it. Mm-hmm. That technology has become mass market, that everybody today mm-hmm. can just stream a video on YouTube or Netflix or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But to be able to go and write it, that anyone can just inside browser, go and put inputs into the ecosystem. Well, you can do that, I mean, Roblox does that. that that's the point. So yeah. I think that yeah. that is the right angle that things like Roblox and Web2, mm-hmm. like even just away from Web3 gaming for now, that's mm-hmm. actually one of the cool things where mm-hmm. kids these days, like the 12 year olds out there have actually a lot more access to ecosystems where they get input. And I think we live in a world now where like the dopamine of swiping on, you know, Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, Tinder, whatever it might be, you know, the instant gratification of knowing that you're not just consuming, but also that you can have some input, input yeah. into this. It's actually living like the old gaming trends, right? Yes. I guess I've been in this space with Tua. Back in my day, we have Warcraft 3 maps, you know, and they people will make their own maps, like Dota. Yeah. Down, you know? Downloadable content packs. Yeah, yeah come, 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 a, come a bit closer. So like, yeah, yeah. Three frame. So come, come closer. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so sorry, I sorry, think sorry. in terms so of... Drag, you don't have to drag. In terms of trying to make sure that... So that's what uh, A3 Games is doing. So they're trying to be a platform to facilitate. Correct. This. But I think at high level, part of what I do think is important for users is that... The fact that an on-chain ecosystem, it is always live. It's mm-hmm. never, like a chain itself is always taking inputs. And mm-hmm. to me, I do think that if I want to drop a, a made up buzzword here, input economy, I do think it matters to have something where people feel like their input matters. Mm-hmm. Because if it's just like a storyline where they're just consuming, at some point that actually gets boring. Like I can only watch so many YouTube highlights, uh, uh, but then eventually I want to start playing some of these games to see if I can do the same, you know, trick shot or whatever it might be that I see mm-hmm. in this fair kind enough. of content. Yeah, I, I say that. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I got a question for you though, okay? So sure. let's, let's zoom out a bit. So you, you have A4 Games, they're, they're providing platform. Um, where would you rank? Like, let's say, for example, if DeFi is here, would you rank 
gaming and this kind of narrative above DeFi or below DeFi? Uh, this is a great question. I can't say it's above or below. I would just say it's a different type of user because I do think that for DeFi, it's about size. It's mm. exactly what you said. It's a whales game. Right. But, but if, if someone had a thousand dollars, all right, they can say like, let's invest in games uh, or invest in DeFi. Because that, that's a, a, at the end of the day, that's a problem, right? Even though these are not comparable, people still feel like, okay, we, I have this money, where should I go? What, what would you say? Like, let's say you're sure, not sure. financial advice, you have like Specifically, I think this question, I actually still have a cop-out answer for it. My answer <laughs> is that at Binance, when we rated projects, we looked at things if they were a dApp or a protocol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to dumb things down, like you said, uh, protocols to me are a way to get an exposure to many dApps. Mm-hmm. Because maybe, for example, a chain, there's a lot of dApps in mm-hmm. that chain, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. chain gets successful because any one of these dApps could be huge, right? So for me, uh, I don't particularly love betting on only games where it is just one particular yes. thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, maybe the word is pure play. I don't know what, what people like to give as these types of names for when it's just a solo game. A lot of the gaming-related projects that we work with, they have some other aspect of either technology behind them, which allows them to scale beyond just one IP or just one uh, feature or product that they currently have to engage their communities. So it's actually a very interesting discussion because you can see this is what like investors want. This right, investors want a backup plan. Correct. Right. They're like absolutely. Okay, if you don't YOLO, all right, you there's a backup plan here. Correct. Right. And I think I think that's a there. So there's a. Um, and it's actually very interesting to hear about because like you, you see a lot of these projects. So so let's say for example Axie Infinity, their game didn't do super well. Like sorry, it, it did super well, but then afterwards people got bored and tired of it. Correct. But then oh, they have Ronin, right? They have a blockchain, they have another something they yes. spin off, right? And it's the same kind of concept, I guess, with almost I mean immutable X, immutable X spawn from I think it was the Gods Unchained. Gods Unchained. It went through a few narratives yep. of like a Starkware based chain and then now their own cosmos based chain mm-hmm. and then now most recently another announcement of the Polygon CDK. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, it's really so always backup plans, right? Yes. That's what protocols are good at. Like I guess that's what the entire gaming industry is good at. So so I guess um, reskinning. Uh, res- we talked about yes. this, right? Yeah. So so I guess it's like always like how do you uh, if something doesn't work, how do you milk it? Because like I guess in traditional game development, mm-hmm. it's always on a per project basis, right? Yes. So if you look at and uh, a studio aggregates these yes. per project. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And like we we looked at like. Um, like for example, I acquired games, um, and then we sold them on internet international markets. And if they don't do well, we just burn, right? We just don't care. Live we just, with it, yeah, yeah, just live with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we just stop carrying the game, and we just tell the other publishers, "Hey, sorry, uh, yeah, sorry, it sucks. Doesn't matter. I, I'll find you twenty more different ones. Or we'll, 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 we'll make this up for you guys, right?" Mm-hmm. But I guess on here, as an investor in crypto, people always want back. Well, the community is there already, yeah, right? So yeah. in some way. If it has real community, it actually needs more backup plans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess crypto community is so small. I'm sorry to interject, but crypto communities are generally small, right? Because I, I talk to my traditional gaming friends and they'll be like, oh, 30 They still laugh at our size. Uh, yeah, they'll still Our size us. is not size. Our size is not size, but our money, our si- that size is fake, yes. right? So like, so like when I so we're like, so, so, so we're like very, we're, we're, we're very thick, but we're not very long. Yes. So I think in terms of <laughs> sorry. DeFi, these, I had to put that joke in. <laughs> well, in it's in not terms funny, of DeFi, but the size <laughs> that we have, mm-hmm. it's actually very different of a game because mm-hmm. some of the biggest protocols don't have that many users. Like we talk about GMX all the time inside the perps category. Mm-hmm. It still has the ballpark of a thousand traders. Mm-hmm. Binance has millions, but yet we give GMX a lot of airtime and, mm-hmm. and mind share inside the DeFi world, right? 
So I do think that there's still room that we need to grow for, for DeFi as a whole mm-hmm. to be able to get Are you into DeFi size. right now? We are still working on a lot of things. Personally, I'm very interested in options. Mm. I think that options are very difficult to Have understand. Have you touched EZX or something like that? Uh, there's a few players out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that we want to do a little bit more research, both on-chain and off-chain as well, mm-hmm. for some of the centralized players too. Mm. Uh, but I would say that from an options perspective, the reason why we're quite interested in this type of instrument is that people actually, when we say that, oh, we just hold spot or just hodl, it's actually kind of the cop-out answer for trading strategies mm-hmm. because none of us are master traders. At least I'm not. I mean, maybe you are, right? Mm-hmm. But in terms I know of, master traders, but they're pretty degen. <laughs> but in terms of, you know, making like a, a smart trade, a lot of the times, like we actually have a lot of strategies that we don't complete. Like, let's say I believe in Ethereum, right? The thing is like, until when do I believe in, in Ethereum? Do I believe in Ethereum if the price goes down, do I want to add more? Uh, do I want to actually sell some if the price goes up beyond like 5x mm-hmm, or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When I just simply say I hold ETH, it's actually a very, uh, let's call it step one of, of mm-hmm. investment, but not ever a step two of a target price of any other uh, time horizons, how to manage risk. There's a lot more things that I think right now the regular user in crypto still doesn't do from a finance perspective. But I, I kind of see the trade, uh, the trend is that it's just like, everyone's just YOLO now, right? Like. <laughs> Like you, you kind of see that, um, like before you think, oh, Bitcoin was going to change the world and there's a lot of hodlers and um, they really care about mm-hmm. the, the message behind Bitcoin. But you see that trend diluting, right? You don't see the maxis, you see the EVE holders. And now I feel like it's being more and more degen. It's just like, I like this meme, I'm hollowing until I die, sort of okay. like, sort of thing. No, no one would ever think about that. And I think that's a general trend, at least in in the general public perception of Bitcoin. Yeah, I guess that's that's also where I think personally, I don't understand enough even of the Bitcoin uh, user psychology and behavior as well. Uh, I think I spent a lot of time in ETH heavy worlds or at least mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, smart contract worlds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's also why this whole BRC and ordinals and all these narratives is really interesting mm. because for a lot of people, I think that came into crypto over the last cycle or two, mm-hmm. A lot of us, these uh, transactions that we've done have actually not been on Bitcoin first. Mm. They have been on these other chains. And now to have an excuse to really research and understand how Bitcoin works and what uh, you can do on top of it now. And like you said, the L2. It's so confusing. Bitcoin is (laughs) like, I feel like, I mean, I I think Bitcoin has, you know, Taproot wallets, SegWit wallets. A bunch uh, of formats. Yeah, a bunch of formats of things. I think... um, it's still not very friendly. So I feel minute, like 10 minute uh, block times is also still annoying, right? Yeah. But, you know, I think the magic is like, it just like when you live in a city that has traffic, my answer is you put up with it because there's shit to do in that city. Mm. Uh, and my answer is even if Bitcoin doesn't have the cheapest gas, you use the best user experience. Mm-hmm. If there's things to do, people will stay. Okay. Uh, so, so you wait in line for an expensive Michelin restaurant yeah. because it's a unique experience, right? So let me get a pen out. Let's let's sure, summarize sure. a few things. So so you right now I, I guess can you can, can uh, get the big one. one? Yeah, sure. So I guess you're you're doing gaming. Mm-hmm. So gaming, you're hot. So that's I, I guess we'll because I'm I'm just kind of thinking like how do we title this video and how do we keep on track? Because this kind of was a spontaneous interview. <laughs> so let's say narratives right now. You're you're in gaming, but you're you're very in um in the the protocol side, right? Uh, or protocol or yeah i'll use the gaming analogy of i want to spawn with more as many lives as yeah, possible okay. when we play these gaming protocol plays 
Um, are you are you in so Bitcoin and ordinals? Bitcoin, you, you that's a narrative you believe in. Yeah, I think for better or for worse. Uh, I mean, Bitcoin is here to stay. Uh, personally, I'm not saying that you should be buying a shit ton of Bitcoin, yeah. but I do think that in terms of creating markets where regular users can play alongside whales is really important. Mm. Uh, that's the reason why we wanted to do a launch pad in the first place because investing is still a lot whale driven. Yes. And that by us having a launch pad and giving access to regular guys to invest alongside the pros, if you will, I still think that's the right thesis to do. Of course, Are you saying DeFi? Not, Sorry, I'm just yes, trying to yes. DeFi, DeFi. So on DeFi in particular, I would say derivatives. And the reason that I will bring up derivatives and options. options as one point is that anytime we say leverage is dangerous, right? Yeah. But mathematically speaking, leverage is something that levels some of the playing field mm. for the regular guy that doesn't have $100,000 to trade. He does get access to leverage. Yes. So in particular, with regards to options, we think options are a different type of leverage. Mm. And I think that's so far very undereducated. And yes. I think as part of your... Um, you know, focus on this uh, box mining plus side of things. Uh, if you want me to spend two minutes to try and explain options to people. Yeah, sure, to sure. Please, please spend, uh, explain options to people. So, so options are time-based, so that means they're hard. When you look at something like a perp, right, we call them perpetuals because what is actually happening is that there's math that's happening to help extend your exposure to a certain token indefinitely until you close that position. Mm -hmm. The power of perps is that you get to decide when to end this contract. Yes. In the real world, when you're selling like you know, corn or soybeans or other commodities, the problem is corn and soybeans, they expire. Like, you can't just like, yeah, I want to buy corn in five years. Like, well, what if all this corn goes bad by then, right? The magic is that for a digital currency and the magic of what Arthur Hayes and the BitMEX team thought of when they built the perp product is that, well, Bitcoin doesn't expire. Mm. So with this key caveat that the perp product was actually built in 2016 by BitMEX, it does not exist in the real world because the real world doesn't have non-expirable digital assets. Mm. This is one of the key points that we see now with ordinals or other things. People see value in something that doesn't expire. And if Bitcoin has this trust of an ecosystem, a trustless ecosystem where you know this asset exists, this is the only place in the whole world where there can be this type of automatic rolling over. Mm. So in the real world, options and other derivatives that are, we call them dated uh, instruments because they have an expiry. Like, but, but what about gold, for example? I mean, yes. Technically, gold doesn't expire, right? Yes. So gold has a, a, uh, a finite kind of steadiness to it. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it is still being minted. So the thing is, in the real world, to actually uh, do these types of commodities, they're either cash settled or physically settled. Mm -hmm. AKA physically settled, like some guy comes and gives you Physical a brick of gold, right? right? Uh, or you see those armored trucks around yes. the, in the world, right? right? And so to me, I think the really cool thing is all this stuff that costs a lot of money in real world to actually store, to actually mm -hmm. carry, to actually execute. And in crypto is free. Well, I mean, it's one transaction, one, but yeah. you can deal with the cost of one transaction mm -hmm. versus the cost of having a bunch of people with guns protecting mm -hmm. your armored car, right? Right. So the product that we have seen work really well is abstracting away the expiry dates of business dealings that are being abstracted uh, at a high level for us when we click on some button on an exchange to just buy or sell a perp. That user experience is actually really magical. And for us so far, Options has not had that revolutionary experience of making other derivative instruments easier to use. 
uh, if you remember back in the day on platforms like FTX and stuff, there used to be like Bitcoin March futures and stuff yes, like this. Yes. Nobody used those anymore once we had the magic of a perp. Mm -hmm. There's still abstracted risks, right? There's liquidation risks, mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm, funding mm -hmm. rates and yep. all these scary things yep. that I think for better for us users have kind of glossed over and skipped. Mm -hmm. But we haven't had that moment for other types of options or other derivatives. Right, 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 is right. users still don't understand how do options work, right? Mm -hmm. And so for us, the magic of options is that because you don't actually have to have the underlying asset, you can have the ability to buy a call option or buy a put so, option. So, so, so I guess in the big game scale things, you're, you're kind of describing perpetuals as the magic. So do you think, so are you looking for more assets to become this perpetual type trading or are you looking for options to grow? I'm looking for options and other instruments outside of just perps. I think perps mm -hmm. will still have its market fit as we've mm -hmm. seen in the market. Um, but that in order to see more innovation, like it took actually, I would argue six to seven years for BitMEX's original idea around perps and futures yep. to, to proliferate yes. to all the different assets that we yes. you know, trade a new But, but why go back? I mean, if you're saying, you know, perps are so good and it's magical, why go back to options? I, I think funding rate is quite risky. Mm -hmm. uh, and we see this with either short squeezes or also mm -hmm. on the flip side, users actually losing a lot of value from when they believe. So there are a lot of users out there right now who, let's say, believe in Bitcoin or in ETH. And maybe they've made some money on the fact that BTC and ETH have gone up in the last, let's say, okay. half year. But that, unfortunately, with funding rates being fairly high, sometimes users are paying up to 300 400% APY. The scary math of the way that funding rates work is that things work when you're making money. But what if you start losing money? So let's say, imagine that you are paying 400% APY mm -hmm. to borrow to trade mm -hmm. a token that you don't own yet and that token goes down. It's a double whammy. And so one thing that I would want to highlight as a risk with regards to futures is that when prices go against you and funding rate is against you, the funding rate is a ticking time clock. It's like you only have a few more seconds left before, you, uh, before the game's over. So if you don't get the price to go in your favor in a shorter period of time, every second that passes, you're losing money. Yes. But, but okay, so, so so what you're saying is that you're looking for more um, option-based products because you feel like this is not as time-sensitive as... Or, it is time well, sensitive. It's not as time-sensitive, but you don't have to pay uh, per hour and you're not exposed to the risk of funding rates, right? I, I would say it's a different type of paying for mm -hmm. the risk that exists yes. similar to funding rates, mm -hmm. but they are at least in some way manageable or priceable mm -hmm. so that you can target things that you specifically want. Mm -hmm. So maybe I will ask it in a different way. Uh, what do you think is the probability that with the, the Bitcoin having and all these ETF mm -hmm. news, mm -hmm. uh, let's call it December 31st, the end of the mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make you say, oh, what, what is a price prediction? But I'm just curious, what do you think is the probability that ETH is going to be higher than today versus lower? Mm -hmm. You can just give me a percentage odds. I think it's 80%, 90% higher, right? Great. So so that would be... Um, so this is the type of probability odds that we've seen in the real world also take off of people doing sports betting or mm, other types of mm, like live uh, mm. uh, apps where they can uh, bet on the outcomes. Right now, the math of these different outcomes is something that I think you can construct different types of things that users understand. Mm. Because right now, to be honest, none of us know if ETH is going to be 2,000, 200, or 20,000, mm. right? But if we ask questions that are more simple, like, do you think it's just going to be up or down next year? 
and how can we create products around these types of questions. I think these, these are very relevant questions that should be as easy of a user experience as clicking a poll on Twitter. So like whether or not this ETF news, if there's going to be another fake link or whatever it might be, we'll see, right? But in terms of uh, if users just think like, is there going to be an ETF? Yes or no. Is it going to be delayed? Yes or no. Like I should be able to create a trading experience where users answer yes or no questions and there is a strategy for them that matches what they do with the yes or no. So it's making it easier. Correct. Uh, uh, If I do, like, let's say you believe that the ETF is going to not happen and you believe that the market will dump after it doesn't happen. Right. If this happens and you short with like 100x leverage, you're very likely to lose all your money. So, I mean, I think FTX were were like, um, like that that was what made FTX good because they dumbed down a lot of the trading features, right? Yes. They'll, They'll say like, Trump win. Yes, Trump lose, exactly. right? No ETF, right? Or like uh, Gary Gensler clown will yes. be a coin that people would, would trade, right? Yes, like yes. SEC fuck up twice. Yes or no. Yeah, yes like, or no, right? Yes it's, or no. Like yeah. you don't get a chance to say maybe, so maybe yeah. that's the limitation. Right. But it's very clear of what the users can yes. make a decision yes. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I it, totally agree. It I makes agree it the elementary school answers. Yes. Yes, and I, I think, think if we can do yeah. that as a product, make it make it make it easier. Just dumb it down. Because right now, down. going back to what you said, of right now a product Trump survives. Trump twenty twenty four. All right, we've products got uh, make it in in Ethereum right now if they get like ten whales, right? Yes. But part of it is because we don't know how to speak to the real users that make up these communities. Can we make products that are clickable and understandable by the regular user without mm-hmm. needing to? You know, open up an algebra book to understand like all the risks that they're signing up for. I, mean, I think that's yeah. really, really important. That's really cool. So I would say it's not there that's yet. Good job. We're gonna, we're gonna make. We're gonna look. For, <laughs> if you guys got any products like that, tell me. Okay, please tell us on the channel. Tell me. Uh, let's go. Okay, so let's focus back on this. Okay, so so sorry to push you so much because I want to keep this video like under an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's forty minutes so far. So all right. So we wrote on this piece of paper um, some narratives we talked about. So gaming. All right. Uh, protocol level layer scaling. We got Bitcoin and Ordinals. We got DeFi. What else do you think deserves to be on this list? I do want to talk about chains. Chains. I think okay. it's really important for what layers or chains. You can give me any layer. I will talk about all of them. I think for me, the important. What's the hottest? Is, what's the hottest chain? What's the hottest layer? Uh, the hottest chain you've. you've there, there's a lot. Uh, so I think I'll, you got, you got I'll, one. I'll, I'll put a one. few of these different topics okay. out there, but. Uh, last night I stayed up pretty late to have a nice call with Monad. I think uh, which Mon- one was that? Monad. Monad. Okay. Monad. I think is uh, got a very uh, interesting community and also very interesting tech side of things. Uh, are they? Are they? Um, Monad dot X Y Z. The founder Keone and uh, a few of the other guys, Abdul, uh, super great DGen guys, mm-hmm. but also with a lot of experience in crypto uh, from Jump and other places. Mm. I think it's quite interesting to see them uh, really scale because I think. On the execution side, I think they've been doing a really good job in putting community first. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a meme of G Monad instead of saying GM, uh, and you'll see it all over on Twitter when you pay attention to it now. Um, but I do think that uh, in terms of chains, okay. twenty second pitch. What what the hell are they doing? Uh, a paralyzed EVM. So more Ooh. throughput. So going back to what we said earlier, right, so fast parallel. cheap. Fast cheap. Okay, I'll just drive a parallel. Two two lines. Okay. Yep. Next one. Next fast one. Let's move. Let's move this fast. Let's move this along. But, fast, but fast, in terms fast. of chains, obviously the exchanges are still massive. You've got players like Mantle from Bybit yes. as well uh, that are doing quite a bit of incentives and new growth uh, tactics to try and bring. I mean, it makes sense, users. right? I actually want. They already have users, right? Yeah. So 
And even Bybit is actually like they're 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 in a prime position to grow. I, I used to not like Bybit to be honest, because like even the CEO gave me the death glare once. He's like, <laughs> "Yo, you used to fud us, motherfucker." But mm-hmm. then now I'm like, okay, look, they're growing because they're taking up the position that FTX was pretty much yes. doing, right? They're taking directly taking those users. Yes. OKX also has their X1 yeah. chain as well. Okay. So yeah. I do think that this narrative that we saw X1 is it yes. X1. X1. Yes. They keep making chains. There's more chains nonstop, right? You know, you know that's the thing that messed up about OKX because I would listen to their spaces before, uh-huh. um, and then Binance was super simple. We are Binance. We have BNB chain. Yes. Right. And OKX is like we have OKB. We have OK chain. <laughs> we can OKT. We have X one. Whatever. It feels like a like a mess, right? But but X one is not a new. But one. but I guess the important point that I want to say is that when we measure chains, they either need to have community, which we're seeing in some of these gaming mm-hmm. chains, for example. They need to have assets, which the exchanges have, which then is also a uh, combo of having assets and community. And then the third part of this that we think is interesting is the yield-bearing assets that we see, mm. whether that's uh, your liquid staking derivative. Yeah. Are, 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 are you big into like eigenlayer and stuff? Yeah, so these are all the types of plays. Restaking, that, right? Yeah, exactly. So the core part of restaking, which I'd want to scare people with one uh, finance word first of the rehypothecation. It's like, remember that scene in like, what was it, like Wolf of Wall Street or one of these, like the big short where like he's pulling the Jenga Legos and then the the shit falls over. The scary part in traditional finance is that when people repackage shit, the problem is we don't know what's actually in these packages. For better or for us in the on-chain worlds, if you repackage something, you can see the trail of assets being repackaged. Mm -hmm. So right now when users are bridging like some staked ETH into some other chain, Mm -hmm. you actually see that there was this transaction of this you know, SDE crossing some bridge. Mm-hmm. So whether or not the risks are lower, I'm not arguing that. Mm-hmm. They're still there. But it's the fact is we can see them. So the phrase right. that I've been saying is transparent rehypothecation uh, is what restaking is. So, so I guess I guess analogy is in traditional finance, right? You're playing Jenga. It's a Russian roulette. It's a, you're playing it's Jenga with, bl- with blindfolds, right? Yes. Yeah, you're, you're like, you're like, shh. You try to feel it, okay, whatever, just pull it, right? Correct. But then on, at least on a blockchain, you're like, oh, okay, I can, I can look at it. You around. think that block is the one that you can move. Right, right. right. So, that so makes, that's that makes not necessarily work. safer, but at least you have control. And I think that's really important inside the general crypto mm-hmm. worlds, right? And so for us, when we look at these chains, again, it goes back to why would I go move my assets into your chain instead of somebody mm-hmm. else's chain? Either I have to have fun or make money. There's no other options. That's why we see a lot of value in the gaming side of things, which again, as we've discussed, some of these games are not fun yet, right? So I think that's one thing we need to still fix in this whole gaming narrative. But at the same time, with regards to uh, interest or yield, right? You can see where if I can see the reason why you can offer me 20% APY is not because Doquan just said it was going to be 20%, mm-hmm. but rather it's because 8% of that comes from this staking yes, protocol, or 4% comes from this, 3% comes from the exchange because they're trying to get people yeah. to come to or their they're making money somewhere. I at least value, see right? where the value comes from. Yeah. If yeah. you don't know what the yield is, you are the yield. Yes. And so here, the key <laughs> part about this it's like is I need to know that I'm right. not the yield in order for me to go to these chains. Interesting. Okay, so so we have five so far. So five key narratives. Do you think we're good? Are we good for this video? Uh, there's always more shit, but maybe that will have to be in a part two. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we're, we're at 15 minutes now. So let's, 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 let's wrap this up. I think next time when we do impromptu videos, I'll have a a general structure. structure. Like this one was unstructured, so yes. it's a very unstructured talk.
but I tried to do it. I tried to do my best at the end. It's good. It's good. Uh, but I think we did super well. So uh, you guys can let us know what you want to yeah. hear more next time. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're very good at describing things. Like you're, and, and I guess there's a very big change because I'm used to making um, content on Box Money Plus, and we're trying to dump things dumber and dumber and dumber. Um, but like, I, I hear, always want to push the ball to make you guys uncomfortable because that's where you learn the most, and then I think that's where you can rehypovocation. Uh, <laughs> but that's word. where I think if we push together to touch these things that I would say sometimes are scary, and I admit that they're scary, right? But that's the most valuable thing that we can do to educate, and that's what I respect. But I think a it's a language. I think I think like I think that's where I'm. It's hard because I think like box mining as a channel, we're more. It's more a little bit more formal, but I feel it's not as fun, and I think like. I don't know, like maybe like providing a bridge between the corporate speak. We need layer two box money. <laughs> layer two box money. There we go. Box money layer two. All right, guys. So thank you guys so much for watching. Let's wrap up the video there. Any last things you want to say? Anything last things you're doing? Check out Impossible Finance or uh, Yeah, uh, obvious uh, DYOR and uh, not financial advice. But I do think we're working on quite a few upcoming launches that will fit in some of the sectors that we discussed. So. If you haven't uh, checked out our website, you can check out uh, impossible at app.impossible.finance. Um, and yeah, really appreciate the chance to be on here today.